We're going to continue our series uh, called The Nearness of God. And uh, this fall we've been looking at this, this, and having a conversation about uh, identifying and seeing how, God, how close God is to us. Tonight, um, the talk that I've, I've done is, uh, I, I titled it this, Exposing the One-Size-Fits-All Myth. This one-size-fits-all. So, as I was thinking about this, you know, everybody is unique. Everyone is different, right? We're all different. Everybody agree with that? And, uh, you know, for any relationship to work, we have to understand what makes people tick. When I think about my own kids, um, I have three kids, and all of my kids are very different. Uh, Anybody else have kids can relate to that? They're very different. So Joshua is my feeler. He is such a feeler. Like when he was little, um, you know the, the saddest movie ever is Finding Nemo. Like that movie wrecked him. Because like he loses his dad. He, and there's like no closure until the last two minutes of that movie. It sucks. Because <laughs> he's a feeler, right? Like he just would, man, like that would, he just bawled through it. He's this feeler. Uh, he's social. Uh, he thrives with people. Uh, Caleb, my second son, he is so creative. Like, and he can, he can sit in a room by himself for two or three hours with Lego or Playmobil or whatever and just tell stories. Like, create. Just like he's wired so cool like that. And then Abby, well, Abby likes the park because she's six. Like, so we're still figuring her out. But... You know, they're all different. And every one of us is different. And for me to have a relationship with my kids that's, that's healthy and successful, I need to know how they're wired. I need to know what makes them tick. I need to have a connection with them that fits who each one of them is and are. Uh, for Joshua, for example, one of the best places where him and I have good chats is we go for drives. So I get to run somewhere like, hey, buddy, come with me. And whatever it is, when we get in the car and we're sitting beside each other or whatever, he just, lo- he just chats. It's like all of it comes out. And I know that, so it's just great. And, and you know, if we think about relationships like that, why would we be any different with our relationship with God? If we are all unique and we are all individuals and we're all wired a little bit different... Why would we think that how we connect with God is this kind of one-size-fits-all thing? And tonight, I want to talk and look at what does it look like... Oh, and i got to grab... Oh, are you going to do here? I, oh, I put that up. You're on, man. I'm You're on. on. You're I'm on. on. <laughs> tonight, we're going to talk and look at Five different ways that God has wired people and different ways that he connects with different people. Um, Ortberg, John Ortberg said this. He's on it. I like it. He said, he is the one who made us and he made us to be wildly, wonderfully, absurdly different from each other. I love that. Absurdly different. That explains you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Thinkers, feelers, backslappers, wannabe hermits, racehorses, turtles, and the Lord God made them all. 
Yet all too often we fail to realize that our individual uniqueness means that we will all experience God's presence and learn to relate to him in different ways, in ways that correspond to the wiring patterns that he himself created in us. Frequently in churches, we give people a one-size-fits-all approach to spiritual growth, and it's like a doctor who prescribes the same medicine for every ailment from rickets to pneumonia. It makes no sense. Uh, Gary Thomas, uh, another writer in his book, Sacred Pathways, he wrote this. All too often, Christians who desire to be fed spiritually are given the same generic, hopefully all-inclusive methods, usually some variations on a standardized quiet time. And why? Because it's simple. It's generic and it's easy to hold people accountable to. But for many Christians, it's just not enough. Church, God is closer than you think. And one of the secrets to experiencing his closeness and to knowing him better is to understand yourself and to know the way that you relate to him best. Hear hear that again. One of the ways to, to growing closer to God is to actually know how you're wired so that you know what works and how you connect with God best. Um, a couple of years ago, an illustration of this for me uh, came as I, I was uh, talking with, I, have a, I had a life coach for a bunch of years, a guy that I would walk with, that would kind of walk with me and just help shape and sharpen who I was. And uh, I remember having this conversation with him. I was like, man, like, I, just, I just can't, oh, I can't sit for an hour and pray. Like, I, I read about all these incredible guys in history and these, these men of faith that would just sit for an hour or two hours or three hours. That's just how they're... And I was like, oh, I just feel like, a, like I can't even believe this. And he just said, like, Dave, like, pause for a minute. Like, where do you connect with God? How do you... And it was like this... All of a sudden, I had this, this opportunity to go, okay, what do I... And for me, personally, I, I, I pray through my whole day. Like, I literally have if you had this follow cam it probably would be funny because you'd see me talking to myself a lot and be like what is what's going on with Dave there but I actually pray through my whole day and I have this ongoing conversation with God where I talk to him and hear him and speak and listen and and he's like just do that and I'd never had that somebody speak to me that that's how you're wired and you're actually the point is connecting with God and I was feel guilty because I wasn't doing what I thought I was supposed to do. And instead realizing this is God's wired me to connect with him in this way. So maybe you're similar. Maybe here tonight, uh, maybe you have some of this figured out and you have this incredible, you have a connection with God. But I, my prayer is that as we walk through these, these different pathways for how people connect with God, maybe it will unlock something for you. Where you hear it tonight and you're like, wow, I'd never thought that, heard that, articulated that before, realized maybe that's me. Um, John Ortberg in his book, Closer Than God, God is Closer Than You Think, he said this, God wants to be fully present with each of us. But because he has made us to be different from one another, we are not identical in the activities and practices that will help us connect with him. When it comes to encountering God, we are not like plants. Pardon me. We are a lot like plants. Opposite of what I just said. Some of us need more sun. Some of us need more shade. Some of us are prickly. 
Not pointing any fingers. Oh, sorry, Garrett. Just kidding. <laughs> some of us like lots of water. Some of us like it dry. Some like acidic soil. Some don't. We are all wired differently. Before I begin, and before we jump into these pathways, um, there's a couple things I want to be really clear about. The first one is this. Um, Christ is at the center of all this connections and communion with God. He is the only way. So when I talk about different pathways to God, this is not a conversation about, uh, you know, all roads lead to God. This is not some new age, like anything and whatever, however you get to God. There is only one road that we, only one way we get to God and it's through Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can, uh, can cover our sin. He's the only one that brings grace into our lives. He's the only one that makes it possible for us to get to God. So all of these pathways, all of that still go through him. The second thought really quickly is that I'm going to talk about five different ways, but this is not an exhaustive list. There are many other ways and different ways that people are wired and such like that. And the goal here is to be released. So as you hear this, to be released. So that being said, provisos over. The first one is simply this. The first pathway that I think uh, describes sort of how people are wired is the intellectual pathway. So some people uh, are wired this way. They're wired to be drawn closer to God through cognitive thinking. They love to think. They love to read. They love to dig in. They love to study. Do we have any studiers, intellectuals? You can wired, sure. Hey, and can I pause for a sec? Um, when I ask a question like that, some of you may be like, oh, I don't know if I want to land up. But here's the thing, like, there's no right and wrong to this. And part of even going through this is to actually recognize that we are wired differently and God has wired us differently. And we can celebrate that diversity and celebrate that there isn't a right and wrong way to connect with God. So I, anybody wired like that? Yes! You can shoot your hand up, okay? That's the, that's the freedom you get there. John Orberg said this, People on the intellectual pathway, they draw closer to God as they learn more about him. You begin to vibrate when someone talks about the life of the mind. The word theology has the same impact on you as that phrase, hot donuts now, has on an average customer of a Krispy Kreme shop. No one wants to go to a bookstore with you because once you walk in, they know they're going to miss their curfew. <coughs> Some of you guys here this evening may be like that. You encounter God best when you're learning about him. You love to experience God and it tends to be more head than heart. And it's the way you're wired. In Mark 12:30 we see these words written. It says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength." Jesus himself said to love God with all your mind. It's actually kind of interesting cuz that phrase is actually a phrase that Moses had said earlier and he had actually left out the word mind. In the original uh, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and with all your strength. And then when Jesus said it later, he added in, with your mind as well. 
with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. God recognized, Jesus recognized this need to be, uh, to use our minds. This pathway is so important, and it's one of the ways that people feel close to God. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says this, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Is this the way that maybe for you, you connect with God, that intellectual pathway? Um, and maybe how will you know? Here's a couple thoughts. I'm going to rip through this because I, I want to be cognizant of our time. Here's a couple thoughts. If this is you, maybe this is you. I feel closest to God when I learn something new about him that I didn't understand before. My mind needs to be stimulated. It's very important to me to know that I, important to me that I know exactly what I believe. I get frustrated when the church focuses too much on feelings and spiritual experience. Of far more importance is the need to understand the Christian faith and have proper doctrine. The words concept and truth are very important to me. I feel close to God when I participate in several hours of uninterrupted study time, reading God's word or good Christian books, and that perhaps having an important an opportunity pardon me, to teach or facilitate a theological discussion in the context of a small group. Reading a book on church history, systematic theology, or studying a set of biblical commentaries would be appealing to me. Maybe you spend more money on books than worship or music CDs. Anybody here ever read commentaries? See, you just figured out who's in this list, okay? <laughs> like, for most of us, you'd be like, wow. But that, like, stimulates you. And God uses this intellectual pathway to connect with you. The second spiritual pathway. Actually, jump. pardon me, just before I jump. One simple caution I want to give. If that is you, I want to caution you. Just to be careful. Not to be all head and no heart in your relationship with God. It can be really easy to get really heady. And really uh, stuck up here and forget that need for that as well. So it's not bad or wrong, but just be careful with that. Second one, the second pathway that some of us are wiring is the worship pathway. John Orberg wrote this way, The people with a spiritual temperament bent towards worship have a natural gift for expression and celebration. Something deep inside them feels released when praise and adoration are given voice. Some of their most formative spiritual moments occur during worship. Does that describe you tonight? Anybody wired that way? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Proud. Sure. That's because you're feelers and heart. You probably jump out of your seats. Never mind. Put your hand up. You feel closest to God in those expressive celebration and heart-like worship. Okay, if you were honest with me tonight, you'd probably be like, get with the program. Let's get on to this 90-minute expressive worship. Drop the preaching. Drop the, like, let's sing the chorus 15 times. <laughs> Come on. Would that be you? Yeah? Sure. David the psalmist, he connected to God through worship, didn't he? I want to look for a quick minute in 2 Samuel chapter 6. If you have your Bible and you want to open it up. We're going to read a story from 2 Samuel chapter 6, starting at verse 14. 
2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14. So it's in the Old Testament, a couple books in. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Pardon me? Uh, yeah, it's up on the screen as well, but it's great if you have your own Bible. I think it's really cool to follow along with what you've got as well. So this is what it says. And this is a story of David and this, this picture of him as this worshiper. David, so, and just sorry, maybe a little bit of kind of a, a context. So this story uh, catches David here and he's downsized his clothing. He's hanging out in his Calvin Klein's. And uh, he's just dancing and jumping and worshiping God. Okay, so that's the kind of context. So here's what's going on. David, wearing a linen ephod, his underwear, (laughs) danced before the Lord with all of his might. While he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. When David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone else from this house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people of Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. Some people feel closest to God when they are just expressing their heart and worship to him. I remember one experience that I had about 2004, 2005, I was trying to remember exactly the year. Um, and it was at a youth convention. I was a leader at that point. I was a pastor. Um, the band that was leading was a, a band named Delirious. Martin Smith was the lead guy. And uh, in my opinion, one of the most anointed, incredible worship leaders I've ever heard. And I sat in this room. Well, I didn't stand. I sat, st- stood in this room with 3,000, 4,000 youth. And it was, I have goosebumps under my shirt right now this this incredible encounter in worship where it was this free-flowing moving he he literally stood back off his mic for probably three or four songs like he wasn't like and it was just the this encounter with the presence of god in worship it was incredible if you're wired this way these might be some of the markers if this is you, I feel closest to God when my heart is sent soaring and I want to burst. I worship God all day long and shout out his name, celebrating God and his love is my favorite form of worship. God is an exciting God and we should be excited about worshiping him. I don't understand how some Christians can say they love God and then they act like they're going to a funeral when they come to church. I would enjoy attending a workshop on learning to worship through dance or attending several worship sessions with contemporary music, I expect that God is going to move in some unexpected ways. 
The words celebration and joy and worship are appealing to me. Maybe I spend more money on worship CDs or on iTunes than I do on books. If that's you tonight, I want to encourage you. God has wired you in that way. And it is awesome. So lean into that. Don't be afraid to stick your build playlists that are all worship music where you know like this is a way that I can connect to God and I'm going to worship him. And while you're working or you're hanging out or you're driving or whatever, put it on. Go for it. If you're that intellectual, dig into that. Go after it. Buy lots of books. Read commentaries. Tell us all what they mean. (laughs) Dig into how God has wired you. We are not all the same. And he's built us uniquely and created us to connect with him. God is closer than you think. Three more. Third one is simply this. The relational pathway. John Artberg said it in his book. People who follow God, follow the relational pathway, find that they have a deep sense of God, God's presence, when they are involved in significant relationships. Jesus' statement that where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them, it makes perfect sense to a relational type. People who gravitate to the relational pathway often experience key spiritual moments being convicted of sin or encouraged to persevere as God speaks to them through other people. (coughs) Any of you here tonight can relate to that? You love to be with other people. You're wired. There's this like wiring, like I just love to be in relationship with other people. Like, man, I just am, oh, that just gets me going. Spiritually going. When I think about people in the Bible that are kind of wired like this, Um, The one that jumps out to me and stood out to me is the the Apostle Peter. Here's this guy. uh, He came to Christ as a result of his brother Andrew. So he's like, it was about relationship for him. He was part of this inner circle with James and John and Jesus. They were part of this circle. Um, After the crucifixion, after Jesus came, he was the disciple that he gathered all the others. And he's like, let's go fishing. Like, we got to get, like, don't go all your own way. Let's get together. Um, and many of like these defining moments for him happened in the context of like relationship. People who are wired this way that like to be in relationship like that, um, they are often, uh, their prayer time, they love to involve others. They like to be part of small groups. They love to learn and to meet with God in, in relationship with other people. Again, John Orberg, he said it this way. People on this pathway tend to hear God speak to them more in conversation than in a book. They stagnate spiritually to the, to the degree they get isolated. Do you find that that's you? Where you love to be in relationship. You just love to have people around. You love to be connected. If it is, maybe this is how this sort of some of the markers feel close to the ways that you feel closest to God. I feel closest to God when I can share meaningful spiritual conversations with others. Praying with others helps me sense a closer and more meaningful type of intimacy with God. When I share in deep spiritual discussions with others, I'm able to learn and appreciate the truths of God more clearly than I can through reading a book or listening to a worship CD. 
and I tend to stagnate spiritually through isolation, rely heavily upon relational interaction with other Christians for my spiritual growth. This is an incredibly important biblical part and a wiring that God's made. In Hebrews, it said this, it said, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Maybe for you, identify with this pathway. Maybe it's about relations for, relationships for you and that's just like your wiring. This is how you're going. It's how, you're, how you connect with God. Um, I want to just kind of give you a little bit of a caution just to be careful not to be overly dependent on others. It can be really easy to just lean in and not actually connect with God, but just be dependent on others. So just a little caution. Um, really quickly, I'm, I'm almost done. Last two, very quickly. The fourth pathway is this, the creation pathway. Some people feel closest to God when they're studying or reading. Some people, it's in worship. Some feel, people feel closest to God when they're other, around others. And then, and then others, people feel closest to God when they're in the outdoors. Anybody kind of wired that way? Love the outdoors? It's like, man, when I'm outside, I just connect with God. John Ortberg described it this way. Creation types find that they have a passionate ability to connect with God when they are experiencing the world he made. For people on the creation pathway, there's something deeply life-giving and God-breathed about nature. If this is you here tonight, I want to encourage you. We are called to see God in all of life. And this is an incredible way that you can connect with God. And I do want to caution as well, you know, we got to be careful not to worship nature. Romans talks about that very clearly. Romans chapter 1. You know, we don't want to project and, and worship the nature, but we want to worship the God who has created everything. We see him through all of it. Um, and, you know, as I think about this, it's why we have hymns. Hymns like this song. And I'm just going to read to you the first verse. It's an old hymn called How Great Thou Art. It says this, When through the woods and forest glades I wander, I wander, I hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and I hear the brook and I feel the gentle breeze, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Can you hear that? That how great thou art. This is a person who connects with God through that creation pathway. And some of us here tonight will connect that way. Psalm 19, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after day they display knowledge. In Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what was being made, so that men are without excuse. I'm going to jump down. If this is you tonight, this is maybe some of the markers that you can feel. I feel closest to God when I'm surrounded by what he has made, the mountains, the forests, the seas. I feel cut off if I have to spend too much time indoors just listening to speakers like me or singing songs. Nothing makes me feel closer to God than being outside. 
I would prefer to worship God by spending an hour beside a small brook than maybe being part of church. Seeing God's beauty in nature is more moving to me than understanding new concepts, participating in a formal religious service, or participating in social causes. And my caution, my simple caution for you, because this is an incredible way for you to connect with God in nature, to go for a walk or a hike or to see him or sit beside a brook. But my caution to you in this is simply this, to be careful not to put aside this and just be like, well, that's this. I think Pastor Dave said, I can just go sit beside a brook and I don't have to church. <laughs> that's not what I said. <coughs> we are called very clearly not to give up meeting together. And it's super important to do this. But, but the point is to know that if that's how you're wired, you need to make time for that. You need to step in and if that's your wiring and you're like, boy, that's how I connect with God. <coughs> God is closer than you think. Go get out in nature. Go meet him. Go for a walk, a hike, a sit beside a brook. Do what you need to do. And the last one, very quickly. The contemplative pathway. This person is one that loves that kind of absence of noise. They like the quiet. They like no distractions. They like to kind of get alone, to be quiet, to be still. Anybody fit in that one, the contemplative? Yeah? Cool. How's that working for you guys with kids? It's tough. No, it can be hard, right? For sure it can be. You know, there's, this is sort of that monastic, like the, the monastery, the kind of think the monk, that just kind of contemplative. And there's all kinds of different guys through history that have re- reflected this. And we see this picture in scripture as well. Psalm 48, it says this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 37, 7 says this. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. I love kids crying. I actually do. You know what the Bible says? It says out of the, out of the, from the lips of infants God ordained praise and part of what it does is when we hear kids crying it reminds us that they are created and that there's a creator so i actually love that side note totally under it because it has nothing to do with being quiet and still that's for sure but all of us need to do this right we all need this like this quiet spot these quiet moments but for some of you here tonight that's your wiring Um, In that book, Sacred Pathways, that I mentioned before, Gary Thomas, he writes this about these kind of people. The contemplative person seeks to perform the first work of adoring God. While some seek to serve God, others seek to celebrate Him, still others seek to explain Him. The contemplative just seeks to gaze lovingly into God's face and be caught up in the rapture of a lover's experience. If you're wired as this contemplative person, maybe this is you here tonight. I feel closest to God when my emotions are awakened. When God quietly touches my heart, tells me that he loves me, and makes me feel like I'm his closest friend. I would rather be alone with God, contemplating his love, than participating in a formal service being distracted by an outside walk. The most difficult times in my faith are when I can't feel God's presence within me. I really enjoy having 30 minutes of uninterrupted time a day to sit in a quiet prayer and hold hands with God, writing love letters to him, enjoying his presence. When I think of God, I think of love, friendship and adoration more than anything else. So tonight as I just wrap up, where do you fall 
And, and I want to be careful to recognize that uh, probably none of us are like, I'm all of this. Is that fair to say? Like, we're probably this mix and this blend, and absolutely, we may be lean towards one, but with other kind of expressions as well. But what is your main lean? What is your main sort of pathway for to think? Is it that intellectual? Is that through worship? Is it relational? It groups people. Is it through creation, getting out? Or is it that contemplative, I just got to have 30 minutes to God. I just want that time to just sit and be in your presence. How are you wired? When it comes to encountering God's presence, God is closer than you think. And knowing how you are wired is kind of like knowing what instrument you play in the band. We are not all called to be trumpets playing one note. We are called to have this incredible diversity where we all connect to God, how he's wired us, in the way that he's built us. And as we do that, it's this symphony of sound that comes from the church, of people engaging, encountering, meeting with a real living God. That's what he's wired you to do. That's what he's wired us to do individually, uniquely in our own ways that he's built us. How are you wired and will you lean in? My prayer tonight, my hope tonight is I want to see God release you to enjoy him in the way that he has wired you to do. I want to see you released to enjoy, connect, meet with God in the way that he's wired you to do that. As we walk out of here, my challenge, my encouragement is push into that. Not maybe to the detriment of some of the other ways, but as you've listened, if there's one that sort of jumped out to you tonight, you know, what does it look like to be intentional about that? How can you lean in more and go, God, I want to hear you, know you, meet you even more. You built me, wired me this way. Here I am. Let's bow our heads as we just close our eyes and finish tonight. God, I thank you that you have wired us. Thank you that you have created us individual, uniquely, not this one-size-fits-all meet with God, but God, you built us to connect with you in all kinds of different ways. God, you are closer than we think. And knowing how you've wired us, knowing how we can connect with you, is an incredible step towards meeting with you more and connecting with you on an even deeper level. Thank, for the, thank you for the simple picture of these five different ways, and there's more, of course, but even these five simple ways that we maybe were wired. Would you meet us in the, that place, God, and draw us deeper into relationship with you as we lean in? Thanks for this time in your name. As we wrap up the evening, one of the things that we love to do, I love to do, is uh, we just take a few minutes here to uh, just kind of do a little bit of a Q&A. So any questions, maybe something that I've spoken tonight, uh, about something I've spoken tonight, or maybe it's something, a thought or an idea that jumped out to you that you're like, whoa, that's something I hadn't thought about, or this is what was kind of going triggering as we're talking. Or maybe it's a challenge. Dave, you're full of it. I didn't agree with that. I'm okay with that. So I'm not... 
I don't have it all figured out, that's for sure. So any any thoughts, questions, um, ideas? Yeah, Kim. <laughs> Love it. Creation in Saskatchewan as much? Well, I'm <laughs> just teasing. I'm just teasing. Before that, that change happened. Sure. And, um, I think, but the point of that though is more that I remember it being more creation at one point and more relational sure. at one point. But the different points in um, my church experience or time where relational yeah. wasn't met, where worship wasn't met, or right. different things because of the situation or surrounding. And I felt like um, it can be really hard. Sure. When that happens. Yeah. But instead, I think God can show us ways that you can worship or connect to Him in a different out of the box way. Sure. Depending on the situation, because not every season or church setting always um, connects immediately to the way that we think we're wired. Sure. Sometimes, or sometimes we're wired to change. Having babies has rewired my brain in so many ways. Sure. <laughs> and so it's just something that, like, Yeah. Different stages of life, but I, I can't. I can't think of what I am now. Either. <laughs> no, fair enough. And you know what? It's a great thought. And I, I want to be careful to make sure. I hope I didn't misspeak that. I don't want to pigeonhole either. Um, just because that may be, even for this moment or this time, the way you feel wired, doesn't mean you're stuck there. and doesn't mean you're not called to engage in other ways as well, at all. So 100% with you on that. Um, it's kind of more the thought where are you at now? And how can we lean in? So I think sometimes part of the thought here tonight, guys, is simply this. I think sometimes we go like, God, where are you? And it may just be that we're not actually leaning in in a way that we actually can connect with them. So it's trying to figure out how we best fit. Any other thoughts, questions? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm distracted. I love the like, little kid runner. Uh, I related to almost all of them except really the intellectual one. Okay. And for me... Uh, I feel like that's a problem. Like I, I feel like I need to be more into my Bible, trying to learn more about sure. that and everything. Cool. And so I'd almost like put it out as a challenge for all of you guys. If you don't didn't relate to one of them, try to I don't know put 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 it all into maybe trying something a little different this week. Cool. Be like maybe I didn't wasn't into the worship thing. Try looking into some worship music. There's there's a lot of stuff cool. there that's really good. Or, Yeah, it's an excellent book. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, so kind of like a challenge for. Yeah, cool. Can I add to that a little bit? Yeah, of course. Because I am definitely, I don't, I'm not the intellectual one. I'd say that I sort of became that, I sort of forced myself into that. Sure. I college in that, but I was not naturally that. I was terrible in school, didn't, was not a studier, did not read. But I think in pushing myself forward in that and in studying the Bible, reading through it completely and, and writing like research papers and that sort of thing, it really sort of 
filled out my contemplative side and allowed me to have more of those and, and adding those and bringing in those other compartments became clearer when I pushed myself in that way. So yeah. that is, it is really good to fill out those other areas and push yourself in the weaker zones. Yeah, it's awesome thought. Love it. You know, it's sorry, one sec. It's, um, it's really interesting. I mean, as you look at the life of Jesus, he really was this blend of all of these things. He was this intellectual. He would go contemplate. He would worship the way he lived his life. Because worship isn't music singing, just to be clear. It's how we, it's all of life, how we put him up. Um, he did all of these things. So he was this wonderful blend. But it, there's still points, as you're describing, where it will be maybe one strength. So. Yeah, last thought. And then I just want to be... Uh, I'm kind of like the opposite. Like I, I find that when uh, there's music playing at church, I'm usually sitting down reading my Bible sure, and yeah. uh, looking at certain verses. But totally. I feel like there are times when um, it can also lead into worship. Like sure. if I like think about the resurrection of Jesus and think about like you know, like I've studied the evidence for it, it's like wow, this is really cool. And mm. I find that it can lead to that worship, sure. especially if I do it in nature and quiet. Sure. So it's kind of like that blend of all. Cool, man. Love it. Church, I just pray that uh, God would release you to connect with him in a way that maybe you haven't thought, maybe just articulated for you tonight. Um, just that maybe, maybe a bit clearer picture of how God's wired you. And I want to encourage you this week, lean in, push in, and meet him. He is closer than you think. He's here. God bless you, and uh, be with you. Don't forget to take your kids, and uh, <laughs> thanks for coming up. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> 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 <laughs>